What is up, everybody? JT Sports here. Back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. On this episode, I am going to be giving you guys my preview and predictions for some of the Week 5 college football matchups. We have two really good SEC games that we're going to be talking about. Kentucky versus Ole Miss. Alabama going on the road to take on Arkansas. We also are going to be breaking down Oklahoma State versus Baylor and NC State taking on Clemson. Now, if this is your your first time listening to the JT Sports Podcast. Welcome. I appreciate you for tuning in. Make sure that you follow me on all of my social media platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at JT Sports underscore underscore and on Instagram at JT Sports underscore. And if you're watching this or listening to the podcast on YouTube, make sure that you go ahead, leave a like and subscribe to the channel. Also, make sure that you check out the audio version of the podcast available on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast from the JT Sports Podcast is available. All you got to do is go to whichever podcasting service that you use, type in the JT Sports Podcast, and it will pop up. Go ahead, leave a five-star review, or you can go ahead and access the podcast by clicking the links down in the pinned comment section or the description down below. Listen to the JT Sports Podcast on all podcasting platforms and leave a five-star review. Kentucky is going to be taking on Ole Miss. This game is going to be played this Saturday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. Ole Miss currently is a six and a half point favorite going into this matchup. And for the Rebels, their rushing attack has looked really dominant so far. They currently are averaging 296.7 rushing yards per game, which is second best in college football. But for Ole Miss, they're still is a lot of uncertainty around this team. Right now, they're 4-0, but this Kentucky game is going to be their first true test of the season because Tulsa, Georgia Tech, Central Arkansas, Troy, no disrespect to those schools, but they aren't good. And when you look at Kentucky, defensively, they're pretty solid. Their run defense is pretty good. Their defensive line is pretty solid against the run as well. And for Ole Miss, their ground game is really good. However, you would love to see them replicate the success that they've had so far in their first four games in this game against Kentucky. Now, their offensive line is really talented. And their running back room is mega talented. I mean, Quinshawn Jenkins is a true freshman running back, and he currently leads the team in rushing. You have Zach Evans transfer from TCU. He also is having a pretty good season up to this point. So I expect Ole Miss to have success on the ground against Kentucky. Now, are they going to have, you know, 300 yards on the ground? Highly unlikely, but I do expect Ole Miss to probably be around 140, 150 rushing yards in this game. However, if you are a Kentucky fan, you're saying, JT, Kentucky's defense is going to stack the box and force Jackson Dart to beat them through the air because Jackson Dart hasn't looked all that good up to this point. And that is true. However, 
I do think that Jackson Dart is going to get things clicking sooner rather than later. However, this run game is so dominant that Ole Miss doesn't really need a great performance out of Jackson Dart. Now, if the run game gets taken away, then that's when they're going to need him to step up. However, I think that Kentucky's run defense, although it is a pretty good unit, I just think with the talent that Ole Miss has at running back, that rushing attack is going to be there at the disposal for Ole Miss. However, yes, the passing game so far for the Rebels has looked pretty shaky, pretty rocky. And you would love for the passing game to be a little bit more up to par when you're playing teams such as Georgia Tech and Central Arkansas and Troy and Tulsa. However, with having a new quarterback, we already know Matt Corral now in the NFL, they have a new starter in. So it's going to take a while for things to start getting going. And I do think that in this game, if Ole Miss has to lean on the passing attack to win, they could struggle. However, Kentucky doesn't have a good pass rush. They currently are 99th in America in sacks per game. And this defensive line, although they are really good against the run, they aren't really all that good against the pass. And for Jackson Dart, if there was a game where he could fire on all cylinders and get things going, it could be against this defense because this pass rush going against this old Miss offensive line has to be there because you can say anything you want about Jackson Dart, but if you give any at least average quarterback time to throw the football, they're going to make you pay. So for Kentucky, the pass rush has to be there in this game. You can't say, well, JT Jackson Dart has been average and then use that as a point for why you can win this game if you can't take advantage of that. How are you going to be able to take advantage of that if you can't get constant pressure on him? Because if you give him time to throw the football and time to sit back and dissect your defense, he's going to be able to do it. Because this was somebody who had a really good season when he was at USC. And right now with him learning a new system and whatnot, it's still taking him a little bit of time to get into rhythm. But if you're Kentucky, you definitely don't want this to be the game when he gets into rhythm. But I do think for Ole Miss, however, the ground game has to be there if you want your best chance at winning this game. Because if you do have to lean on this passing attack, which still is a work in progress, that kind of puts you at a disadvantage in a sense. Because right now, we still don't really know what Lane Kiffin has at the quarterback position. We don't know if Jackson Dart is good, great, bad, average. We don't know. So the jury's still out on them. Now, when you look at Kentucky, on the other hand, their offense, when it comes to the passing game, is really explosive. A question that... I had about Kentucky going into this season was the production that they were going to have at wide receiver because they lost Wondell Robinson to the NFL. And I didn't really see anybody in this passing room who jumped out to me. However, over the course of the first four games for Kentucky, I mean, 
I've been proven wrong that Kentucky has nothing but depth and plenty of weapons to go around in the passing game. As a matter of fact, you could say that Kentucky has more talent at wide receiver this year than what they had last year because last year pretty much was the Wondell Robinson show. But this year, you just have so much talent and so much depth. And I think if your old Miss is secondary and you're their defensive coordinator, you definitely have to be a little bit concerned because your secondary does have some talent. However, if you are Kentucky, I think that that's a pretty favorable matchup. Your wide receivers against the secondary of Ole Miss. And yes, you can say, well, JT Ole Miss secondary has looked pretty decent in the first couple of games. Yes, they have, but they haven't really faced a passing attack in the quarterback this good until now and will levis and these wide receivers can do it all they're really good with the ball in their hands they also are really good when you want to send them downfield and push the field vertically however a concern of mine is the offensive line the offensive line for kentucky has been to put it nicely awful this season and that's something that you don't really say about kentucky that often For like over the last, what, almost a decade, Kentucky has always had a really good offensive line. But this season, their offensive line has not been good. And it kind of was a little bit expected in a sense because they did have some turnover on the coaching staff, some new faces on the offensive line. But given the history of success that Kentucky has had in the past when it comes to the performance of the offensive line, you kind of were giving them the benefit of a doubt. But this season, it looks like their offensive line definitely isn't good. And I don't think it's going to get any better. I mean, you gave up five sacks last week against Northern Illinois. You gave up three sacks against Youngstown State. And Ole Miss, this is a team that is really good at getting pressure on the quarterback. They're fifth in sacks per game. And you can say, well, JT, they're sick. They're fifth in sacks per game against inferior competition. But this was an Ole Miss defense that was still really good at getting pressure on the quarterback last year in 2021. So for Kentucky, your offensive line is struggling in pass protection. And not only is your offensive line struggling to protect your quarterback, but they're also struggling to open up holes in the running lane. Kentucky's rushing attack has been awful this season. Now, a big reason for that not only just is the lackluster performance of the offensive line, but also the fact that they have been without their star running back, Chris Rodriguez, who currently is serving a suspension for a off-the-field-related incident. However, he currently is eligible to return against Ole Miss October 1st, so he should be able to play in this game, and that should be an added boost for Kentucky's offense if he can play in this game, because I do think that him coming back in the fold is definitely going to help out your ground game. However, the run blocking definitely has to improve in this game, because their other running back that they had playing, he's not that bad. As a matter of fact, he's pretty solid. However, the run blocking isn't there. And it doesn't matter how good of a running back you are if your offensive line can't create holes for you to run through. And Kentucky is averaging 2.8 yards per carry. That's awful. That's abysmal. So for Kentucky's passing attack, they're averaging 10.1 yards per pass. Will Levis has one of the strongest arms in America. He has a all-star group of wide receivers around him. However, a big concern I have when it comes to Will Levis is 
is he going to be able to protect the football? Because in a game like this, I'm not expecting the blowout. Ole Miss has the kind of style of offense this year where they're going to take a lot of time off the clock. They're going to tire out your defense. And you're not going to have a lot of possessions. And every possession is going to matter because if you have one turnover, you may not touch the football for another eight minutes or maybe another quarter. Let's say it's the middle of the third quarter, six minutes left. And Will Levis throws the interception and turns the football over. Ole Miss gets the football and they're so dominant running the football that Kentucky may not touch the football again until 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. So for Kentucky, you definitely cannot afford to turn the football over against a team like Ole Miss that is really good at running the football. And if you're Ole Miss, you can't afford to turn the football over. You can't afford to come up empty possess on you can't afford to come up empty on possessions. Because you're taking all that time off the clock. You better put some points up on the board because what's the point of taking all that time off the clock just to come up empty? So the team that I'm gonna take to win this game. I'm going to take Ole Miss to get the win. The reason why I'm going to take the Rebels to get this victory is because I think that the Russian attack is going to be there for Ole Miss. And Kentucky fans are going to be like, well, JT, I mean, Ole Miss hasn't really proved that the Russian attack is all that great against a good team. This is going to be the first good team they play. And I do understand that. However, it's not like Ole Miss doesn't have talent at running back. I mean, we know what Zach Evans can do. And their other true freshman running back has looked like a stud so far. So, I mean, the talent that running back is going to be there. The offensive line is really good. And on top of that, Kentucky's run defense allowed 136 yards against Florida not too long ago. And Florida has a really good group of running backs and also a good rushing attack themselves. And if Florida would have had better quarterback play out of Anthony Richardson... Florida probably would have won that game. And you can also attribute part of Anthony Richardson's poor performance to how good Kentucky's defense played in that game. But I definitely think that Jackson Dart definitely can perform a lot better than how Anthony Richardson did against Kentucky. Because Anthony Richardson also had a poor performance to USF. So for... So for Kentucky, I just think that... Their defense is pretty solid, but I just think that the ground game for Ole Miss just is so good that I think they're going to be able to control the time of possession, take time off the clock, and I think that the pass rush is going to be able to get enough pressure on Will Levis and force a couple of mistakes, and they should be able to win this game. I'm going to take the Rebels to win 24-14 to is my final score prediction for this game. Alabama versus Arkansas is the next game that we have to talk about. This game is going to be kicking off this Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time on CBS. Last week, Arkansas was defeated by Texas A&M 23-21. And despite losing that game, I still feel like the Razorbacks have a really good chance at being able to give Alabama not only a close game, but also being able to potentially maybe pull off the upset. And the reason why I feel this way is because... When I look back at that A&M game, I feel like Arkansas lost that game because they made too many mistakes 
that AM was able to cash in on. You had the fumble on first and goal by KJ Jefferson, which got recovered and returned for a touchdown by Texas AM. Then you had a bad snap late in the fourth quarter with 302 left, which costed Arkansas a couple of yards. And later this same drive, they went on to miss a field goal, which would have given them the lead. And when you're playing a team like Alabama, Georgia, or Ohio State, you have to be able to execute. In big moments, you go back and you look at Alabama's 20 to 19 win against Texas. You want to know why Texas lost that game? It wasn't because Alabama was the better team talent wise, but it was because Texas in big moments came up short. If you're trying to beat Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State, if you're in a fourth and goal situation, you got to be able to come up with a touchdown. If you're in a third and long situation late in the fourth quarter and you need to convert to keep the drive alive, you have to be able to convert. You have to make the most of these opportunities when you play these kind of schools like Alabama because they have a ability that I call the trap door ability. And the trap door ability allows them to find ways to win games despite being outplayed you go back and you look at that texas win for alabama they got outplayed by the longhorns but you want to know why they won that game because texas allowed alabama to remain in the game you see when you have a team like alabama on the ropes you gotta knock them out you gotta put them in the coffin and you have to dig them in the hole seal it and put dirt over it and bury them you see when you don't bury teams like Alabama or you don't finish them and you allow them to hang in the game they're going to win because when you give them too many chances to win the game eventually the talent is going to prevail and they're going to find a way to win that happened with Texas against Alabama you see they gave Alabama a chance at the end to go down to win the game and Bryce Young made them pay so if you're Arkansas You got to be able to execute in big moments. You can't have the mistakes that you had against Texas A&M last week. And you also got to have a big performance out of quarterback K.J. Jefferson. Now, K.J. Jefferson has played really well so far this season. In my opinion, he should be a contender and in the conversation for the Heisman Trophy. And if you remember their game last year against Alabama, which they lost 42-35, The main reason why that game was so close was because of how well K.J. Jefferson performed. So if Arkansas wins this game, it's going to be because K.J. Jefferson went for over 300 yards all purpose, had like four total touchdowns and no turnovers. And for Arkansas's defense, you got to find a way to get some stops. You got to find a way to stop the bleeding in the secondary their best defensive back Catalan is out and their secondary is going to be in for a long afternoon against Bryce Young in this Alabama passing attack and for Arkansas your pass rush has to be phenomenal and their pass rush has been really good so far they currently are number one in all of America in sacks you got Drew Sanders Landon Jackson. I mean, you have a lot of guys who can really get after the quarterback. And when you look at all of the games 
that Alabama has struggled in with Bryce Young at the helm at quarterback, they have all been in games where their opposing team was able to get pressure on Bryce Young and Alabama's offensive line struggled. Alabama's offensive line did not look good against Texas and their defensive line didn't really look all that well neither. So for Arkansas, you do have a pretty good offensive line. Your defensive line also is pretty good. So that should allow you to somewhat be able to slow down that passing attack. Now, Alabama still is going to get there. So they're still going to have big chunk plays. But if their offensive line is inconsistent and your pass rush continues to play the way in this game that they have all season so far, you're going to be able to put Alabama in a situation where they're going to have some inconsistencies on offense. And that's going to allow you to keep this game close. Now... For Alabama, you got to be able to slow down Arkansas's rushing attack. So how many rushing yards do you guys think Alabama can hold Arkansas to? Because you know that K.J. Jefferson is going to be a factor in the ground game. So you're going to have to limit him. Then also you got to slow down Rocket Sanders. So for Alabama, slowing down the run game is going to be very key to trying to slow down Arkansas's passing attack. Because then Arkansas is going to have to heavily rely on the passing game. Because when you look at how many times Arkansas throws the ball per game, not really all that much. They throw the ball no more than 24 or 25 times a game. So if you're Bama, you got to take away that ground game and force them to beat you through the air. Now, they definitely can do that because K.J. Jefferson definitely is a pretty good quarterback and he is a really good passer as well. He's pretty accurate and makes pretty good decisions. So if it does come down to a game where Arkansas has to beat you through the air and they beat you that way, you're not upset about that. Because eventually your pass rush with Will Anderson and Dallas Turner and company, they're going to get home eventually. And when they do hit home, they're going to make a play that eventually could tilt the game in your favor. So another thing that Alabama has done in the past that kind of worries me a little bit is the fact that they have not played well on the road as of late. You remember not too long ago, they barely beat Texas on the road. Last year, they barely beat Auburn. It took them four overtime periods to get the win, 24-22 there. And then, you know, they were upset. Well, they had a close win against Florida early last season. So for Alabama, they have not really fared all that well against teams on the road. So for Arkansas, the fact that you're going to be playing this game at home is going to be sold out. You're going to have all your fans there. That definitely is going to be one factor for why you could pull off this upset. KJ Jefferson at the helm at quarterback definitely is another reason. And if you can get some key stops late in this game and you can go up by 10 points late in the fourth quarter and ice Alabama, that's how you're going to win this game. Because for Arkansas, if you lose a turnover battle and you have more penalties, you're not going to win this game. Because beating a team like Alabama requires you to execute and it requires you to be disciplined. You can't beat a great team being undisciplined. And the same thing for Alabama. You can't have another instance where you're having multiple penalties 
and you're being inconsistent on offense like you did against Texas because a team like Arkansas is going to make you pay. So the team that I'm going to take to win this game is Alabama because I think with Alabama, they have so much talent when it comes to the passing game that I don't think that Arkansas's defense is going to be able to get too many stops. They may be able to get a couple of stops here and there, but ultimately I think that Alabama's offense is going to be really good in this game because yes, Arkansas does have a really good pass rush, but I don't think that the pass rush is going to be hitting home every play. So when the pass rush isn't hitting home every play, that's when I think that Alabama's passing game is going to start getting those big chunks. And then on top of that, I think for Arkansas in the red zone, they come up short too many times. I think they definitely have to be better in that area. And Alabama's run defense has been really good. So for Arkansas, them having a day on the ground where they go for over 170, 150 plus, that could be highly unlikely. Now, maybe they touch 100, but really for Arkansas, you want to get to 150. And you got to be able to have that run game at your disposal because that's how you're going to keep Arkansas's defense, well, keep your defense off the field and keep their offense off the field. And for Arkansas, your defense is going to have to get a couple of stops. And if you want to help your defense out, help them by keeping them off the field and giving them extra rest and keeping that Alabama offense off the field and Bryce Young and company. So I'm going to take Alabama to win this game. 34 to 27 is going to be my final score prediction in this game. I think this game is going to be fairly close, but I think that, you know, Alabama is going to have some moments in this game where Bryce Young keeps them alive and puts them in position to hold on and win the vic- and get the victory. So I'm taking Alabama to get the win. Let me know who you guys have winning this game down in the comment section down below. Oklahoma State is going on the road to take on Baylor. This game is a rematch from last year's Big 12 championship game, which Baylor won 21-16 over the Cowboys. This game is going to be kicking off 3.30 p.m. Eastern time this Saturday on Fox. Baylor currently is a two and a half point favorite going into this matchup. Now, these two teams played twice last year. And Spencer Sanders was not good in any of their matchups. Dave Aranda's defense gives Spencer Sanders a lot of problems. Against Baylor's defense last season, Spencer Sanders completed 61.9% of his passes for 439 passing yards and threw one touchdown and seven interceptions. So for Oklahoma State, if they're going to win this game, not only do they need a good game out of Spencer Sanders, but they need a clean game out of him because it's really hard to win games when your quarterback is throwing three and four interceptions. And it's even more amazing at the fact that Oklahoma State was not only able to win the first game they played, but they almost won the Big 12 championship despite the fact that Spencer Sanders had so many turnovers. And the reason for that was because Oklahoma State's defense last year was really good, but their defensive coordinator from last season He's gone. He's now the D.C. at Ohio State. However, this defense has 
a good amount of talent on the defensive line. Now, their defense definitely does have a lot of new faces compared to what they had last year, but the defensive line still is really good. And not only does Oklahoma State have a pretty good defensive line, but Baylor also has a really good defensive line as well. And Baylor's defense overall is one of the best teams in the country when it comes to stopping the run. They are seventh in America in rushing yards per game allowed. And for Oklahoma State, you have to wonder if they can not have success running the football against Dave Aranda's defense and they have to rely on Spencer Sanders to win the game. You wonder just how good is Spencer Sanders going to be? And what is the game plan going to be? Now, it wasn't all Spencer Sanders' fault for why he struggled against Dave Aranda last year in this Baylor defense. The offensive line wasn't good. He was running for his life a lot of the time, which often caused him to rush his decision-making. So I'm definitely interested in seeing just how improved is Oklahoma State's offensive line because... The offensive line has looked pretty decent in their first couple of games, but that's against inferior competition. So I want to see how good this offensive line is against this defensive line of Baylor. And Baylor's offensive line also really isn't all that great. You know, Baylor runs a offense that is rhythmatic when they throw the football. Oftentimes it's short passes or intermediate passes. They don't really... They haven't really hit on a lot of passes deep down the field that were like 50 or 40 yards plus. At least they didn't last week. So for Oklahoma State, they need to work on taking away the short passing attack for Bay for Baylor. Because when you look at Sharpen, he carved them up in the Big 12 championship game last year. And he's been really good this season. And he's a rhythmatic passer. Once he gets in rhythm, once he gets hot, he's really hard to slow it down. So against BYU... He struggled. It wasn't really his best performance. And BYU's defensive line was getting a lot of penetration. They were causing a lot of havoc and a lot of chaos. And he struggled in that game. So for Oklahoma State, that defensive line is really going to be key. And there's a reason why Baylor gets the ball out so fast. Because they know that that offensive line cannot hold in pass protection for all that long. And what they want to do is they want to get the ball out fast. And they want to run a rhythmatic, efficient offense. And oftentimes they're going to try to run the football. They want to be in third and short situations. So if you're Oklahoma State, you want to put them in third and long situations. You really want to make sure that you win on second down and that you can get behind the line of scrimmage. And on top of that, Baylor's offense is averaging 7.1 yards per pass, which is 76 in America. So I'm looking at the history of this game and what happened last season. Last year, these two teams played in games that weren't all that high scoring. As a matter of fact, nobody scored more than 24 points. They were defensive matchups. They were physical games. And I think that this year, whoever wins this game is definitely going to have to have success in the red zone. When you go and you look at the box score of this game, the winner is going to have more efficiency in the red zone than whoever is on the losing end of this game okay now Baylor currently has the 75th red zone offense and Oklahoma State's red zone defense has not been good all that far so 
for Oklahoma State, the fact that your red zone defense has been, you know, this bad kind of worries you or should worry you because you weren't really playing nobody all that great. Now, Baylor's red zone defense is really good, but Oklahoma State is pretty good inside the red zone themselves because you think about the athleticism of Spencer Sanders. So I think the most important thing to determining who wins this game is going to be which team can get out to a fast start because in their last two matchups, the team who has had the lead at halftime has won the game. In the Big 12 Championship, Baylor was up 21-3 to at halftime. They won. And their Week 5 matchup in 2021, Oklahoma State was up 14-0 at halftime. They won the game. So whichever team can get out to a lead at halftime has a good chance of being able to pull off the win. Now, will Oklahoma State be able to have success on the ground? Because you definitely, definitely don't want to have the ball in Spencer Sanders' hands too much because we don't know just how improved is his decision-making. Because his decision-making could have costed Oklahoma State a couple of games last year if it wasn't for how great their defense was. And with you not having that great defense this year to rely on, not saying that their defense is bad, but their defense isn't as good as what last year's defense was. So your defense may not be able to bail you out as many times if Spencer Sanders costs you a turnover, which is why you got to have that run game going. You can get him going on the ground. You also have a pretty good group of running backs also, in my opinion. So With Baylor's run defense being as effective as what it is, if Oklahoma State can't have success on the ground, then they're going to be at a huge disadvantage because then Baylor's defense, which is really good at being able to get turnovers, they force two against Iowa State, you definitely like their chances of being able to force turnovers and you know, get takeaways on Oklahoma State's offense with Spencer Sanders back there at quarterback unless he has improved when it comes to his decision-making. And also the supporting cast around him, how better is it? Because the receivers last year for Oklahoma State weren't really all that great. And the offensive line, as I mentioned earlier, was a problem as well. So the team that I'm going to take to win this game, I'm going with Baylor. You see their quarterback, Sharpen, he's smart with the football. He doesn't make mistakes. And a game like this, that's going to be a low-scoring affair, is going to come down to, first of all, who can take better care of the football. And I don't trust Spencer Sanders to do that. And the second thing is that I don't think that the offensive line of Oklahoma State is going to be able to have success run blocking against this front of Baylor. Now, even if Baylor's offense struggles, the fact that you can trust their quarterback to take care of the football is the reason why I'm going to take them to win this game. So I'm going to take Baylor to win 17 to 10 is my final score prediction in this game. NC State versus Clemson. This is the last game that we have to talk about on this episode of the podcast. Both of these two teams are coming into this game ranked inside of the top 10 with 4-0 records. This game is going to be kicking off this Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC. Clemson is going to be coming into this game as a a 6.5 point favorite. Now, Last year, when these two teams matched off against each other, NC State won 27-21 in overtime. And when you look at the box score of that game, it was complete domination on the behalf of the Wolfpack. 
First downs, Clemson 10, NC State 31. Third down conversions, Clemson was 2 of 11. NC State was 11 of 21. And when it came to time of possession, it was extremely one-sided. Clemson held the ball for 18 minutes and 12 seconds. NC State had the ball for 41 minutes and 48 seconds. And then when it came to the passing game for Clemson, Outside of Justin Ross, they had pretty much no production from their wide receivers in the passing game. So going into this year's game, you look at DJ Uyungle. He's coming off pretty much the best performance of his collegiate career. Against Wake Forest, he was 26-41. of He threw for 271 passing yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions, and he also had 52 rushing yards as well. And, you know, I feel like this season, he's been steady. I don't think he's been bad. He hasn't been great, but he's been steady. Now, of course, you want more because you look at the line of quarterbacks that have came before DJ Uyungle, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, those guys were dudes. And you're waiting for DJ Uyungle to become a dude. And he looked like that last week. And he needs to repeat that performance this week if Clemson wants to be able to remain undefeated. Because NC State has a really good team. They have a veteran team that's experienced. They have a really good quarterback in Devin Leary. And last year, Devin Leary ate this Clemson defense up. And that was with Brent Venables, who, who now is the head coach of Oklahoma at D.C. last year. And the main reason why Clemson's defense struggled in that game was, in my opinion, because they got tired. They started getting gassed. They were on the field for a lot of plays because the offense kept going three and out, couldn't really get anything going, couldn't really sustain drives. So the defense got tired and they got gassed. And eventually... You know, NC State's offense started to produce. So going into this matchup, I'm not expecting NC State to have a offensive explosion. As a matter of fact, last year they didn't really have a offensive explosion. It's not like they went for like over 500, 600 yards. They did what they needed to do to win the game, partly due to the offense struggling. So for Clemson, you got to be able to... Make sure that your offense can build off what they did last week against Wake Forest. Now, although the passing game was finding their groove, I'm not expecting the passing game to be able to repeat that same performance this week against a way better defense. However, I definitely think that the run game definitely should be there for Clemson as long as they continue to feed Will Shipley. Will Shipley has turned it on over the last couple of weeks for the Tigers. Last week against Wake Forest, he had 20 he carries for 104 rushing yards, 5.2 yards per attempt in the touchdown. And I think this Clemson offense is really at their best when they're allowing it to flow through Will Shipley. So I expect him to get a good amount of touches in this game. And for the defense, as long as your offense isn't going three and out and as bad as what they were last year, you should have a way better performance. Now, NC State does have a pretty good offense all the way around but however their offense isn't as good as what it was last season this is an offense that kind of hasn't been as explosive compared to what they were in 2021 so you have to wonder how good is the secondary going to be because the secondary got towards last year by Devin Leary he was 32 of 44 he threw for 200 
38 passing yards, four touchdowns. He got sacked three times. And the Clemson secondary got towards last week against Wake Forest. Sam Hartman threw six touchdowns, 20-29, 337 passing yards. So if that secondary can't handle up and that pass rush gets handled by that NC State offensive line, that Clemson defense could be in for a very long game. Because I think for Clemson, your front seven is pretty good. But the back end of your secondary is where you get into trouble at. And really, you haven't really faced the team prior to playing Wake Forest that could really test out your secondary and where your secondary's at. And we saw where Clemson's secondary at is at right now. And this still is a work in progress. So I just wonder how effective is the ground game going to be for NC State? Because I don't think NC State needs to have success on the ground to win this game. However, I do think if they can remain being balanced, it definitely helps their chances. But with Clemson's secondary being, you know, as bad as what it was last week against Wake Forest, do you really need to run the football? Do you really have to unless you get put in third and short situations? But for me, I just feel like I got to take Clemson to win this game. And the reason why I'm going with Clemson is because NC State, to me, isn't as good as a team this year like they were last year. Okay, last year the defense was pretty good, but the offense was also pretty solid as well. And this year the offense is not bad, but it's not as good as what it was last year. And I just think with this Clemson defense, as long as the offense doesn't have the kind of game they had last year, which I don't think they will, I think this defense is going to hold NC State to less than 14 points. And you look at what NC State has done this year against their FBS competition week one against Eastern Carolina. They almost lost that game, okay? You also look at what they did against Texas Tech. Wasn't really all that impressed. I felt like Texas Tech pretty much up into the end was still in the game until NC State was able to score a touchdown late. But overall, I just think that Clemson is a better team than NC State this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson wins this game by at least two touchdowns. So I'm going to take Clemson to win 31 to 14 is my final score prediction in this game. I'm taking Clemson with the victory. And this is it for this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. Let me know what you guys think about this episode, who you guys have winning. Leave your predictions down in the comment section. Also, make sure that you check out the JT Sports Podcast, available on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts from. The JT Sports Podcast is available.